0: Happy holidays and welcome to another episode of Hashtag Houston Healthcast, a podcast powered by Houston Healthcare as part of our Hashtag Houston Healthy initiative. On Hashtag Houston Healthcast, my guests and I offer healthcare advice, news, tips, and updates with the goal of helping the people of Houston County, Georgia and beyond live a more Hashtag Houston Healthy lifestyle. We've come to the last episode of the year and Christmas is just around the corner which means many of us are hitting the road, taking to the skies, or getting ready to settle in for the holidays. So, in the spirit of the season, we'll be talking about holiday health and safety, how you and your little ones can stay happy, healthy, and safe while traveling and enjoying the company of family and friends this year. With me today is Dr. Uwa Iguabadia. How are you doing today?
1: I'm fine. Thank you, Derek. Thank you and, uh, so much for having me.
0: Thank you. And uh, Dr. Igwabadia is our Chief of Pediatrics here at Houston Healthcare. Um Thank you for coming on the podcast with me today. Thank you. Before we get into the topic uh, we're here to discuss, I typically like to introduce our listeners a little bit to our guests. Um, So let's spend some time talking about you. Uh, How long have you been a pediatrician?
1: I have been a pediatrician for about 10 years now. So graduated medical school, and then I started with my residency and completed my residency at Children's Hospital in Macon, Georgia. And then I moved here, um, Warner Robins, Houston County area. Um, in 2017 at Lifeguard Pediatrics. So I've been there since.
0: Awesome. And uh, how many of those years have you spent working with Houston Healthcare?
1: Since 2017.
0: So about six years now. Wow. Um, So why pediatrics? Why did you choose that specialization? Was there a particular inspiration for becoming a pediatrician?
1: So I love working with children. Mm -hmm. I love helping people, but I also want to be a part of the process of, um, making our patients or getting our patients to the next step or phase in their life I feel that every adult um, every community member has a responsibility of working with kids helping the children to get to their potentials so I wanted to be a part of that process and um, in order to do that I enjoy working with kids and so I picked the field of medicine and work being a pediatrician
0: that's beautiful that's beautiful Given that inspiration, um, was there any particular moment in your childhood or in your formative years? Any particular person that that kind of made that that inspiration happen for you?
1: Um, I have a very dear aunt to me. She is my pediatrician, um, or I call her my pediatrician, Um, and she's a pediatrician in um, Upper Atlanta, and Uh she actually owns a practice back home in Nigeria. So um, she is my inspiration of making sure that I do great. Um, do great for my patients, do great for my community as well. Um, and my parents, they always w- want to make sure that um, whatever I do in life, do the best at it, uh, be the best at it, try to help um, another person, um, help your community, help your family uh, and helping others. So those are my inspirations there.
0: Absolutely. That's a good answer. And it sounds like she's a continuing driving force in your life. Yes. Your aunt. Yes. Yes. Um, So let's talk a little bit at the topic. Um, The holidays are a time of joy and celebration, uh, but far too often it can end with a trip to the doctor's office with a new illness, maybe even a trip to the emergency room because a new toy went awry. Uh, Keeping our little ones out of harm's way is a full-time job that only increases in difficulty around the holidays. Uh, Dr. Iguabadia, with this in mind, uh, let's start off by talking about the respiratory illnesses that we see this time of year. In a previous podcast, Dr. Tran, Jacinta Tran and I uh, discussed some of those um, common respiratory illnesses that we see a lot around this time of year. COVID, flu, RSV are on the rise. Uh, Are there any other common illnesses you see around this season, specifically in children?
1: So specifically in children, RSV, uh, we're seeing... Lots of cases of RSV. Typically, it starts off with just a runny nose, cough, and some congestion. And shortly after, we can have difficulty with breathing, shortness of breath, using our inspiratory muscles, or working hard to breathe. Now, it's a common, it is an illness that we would see in children under the age of one, but this year, this season in particular, we've seen it in a little bit older children, two, three, even five years of age, and then some older adults, they might also have some respiratory symptoms. So, what we would think is a cold, if it's lasting more than two or three days, or we're having shortness of breath, we always say, make sure you get it um, checked out.
0: Okay. Um so what kind of dangers are there to children, specifically children who are not yet fully vaccinated and contracting these diseases, you know, RSV, um, during family gatherings?
1: So RSV is a, it's spread through contact. So as a child has runny nose or some congestion, we're cleaning the nose. But we're not washing our hands. We're touching other things in the child's room or in the home. And that's how it could be spread to other family members, um, in particular, other adults or other children. And then we have multiple people having um, this upper respiratory cold-like symptoms. So in children under the age of six months of age, we would have um, the runny nose, congestion, shortness of breath wheezing episodes, um, bronchiolitis. And so um, by the time we get into the office, sometimes we have to do breathing treatments or if the breathing treatments are not sufficient, we might have to be hospitalized or have to go to the ICU. Um, With RSV, since it is a viral infection, it can last for about seven to 10 days. But during that time, we want to make sure that we are um, responding properly to treatment and reducing the spread to others.
0: Right and the um the less common known but i have heard about it too um the older population um contracting rsv the mm-hmm. the aging population 65 and above um it it it's it's a disease that not many people think of being mm-hmm. something that that you should worry about at that age but it is something that is happening um so what kind of uh you know symptoms and severities do we see in that population
1: so definitely um severe cough wheezing, shortness of breath, Um, often uh, older populations, they might have other comorbidities, diabetes, COPD, um, high blood pressure, and something is just not right. I have a cough, but it's not like my typical cough. So we always want to make sure as the holidays are um, coming around, we get checked out before we start um, hanging out with our loved ones so that we're not spreading any other illnesses
0: around. Right. And I believe that RSV has a vaccine that's fairly new that's come
1: out. Yes, there is a vaccine for RSV and it is approved for children since it's by weight 11 pounds and older. So I'm making sure that we contact our pediatrician's office to see if it's available for our child.
0: Right. And also, you know, if you are uh, if you are an older person with children in your family coming around, it might not be a bad idea to get a vaccine as well.
1: Correct. We do have vaccines for adults, too.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, so what about travel? Um, can we minimize risk when we have to fly or cover long distances to see the ones we love? And if so, how can we do that?
1: So when we are on long car trips, we want to make sure that we are comfortable in the car. So um, often the children are wearing a seatbelt or they're in their car seat. So we want to take off the jacket so that they fit properly inside of the car seat. Um, When we are wearing a jacket in the car seat, it leaves extra space and the car seat belts um, are not fastened appropriately in case that there is a car accident. So we want to make sure once we're getting into the car, we take off our coat and we sit um, firmly with the car seat, the five point harness car seat.
0: Okay. And what about flying? Any any ways to reduce risk on that?
1: So with flying, still making sure that we are traveling at a appropriate or comfortable time for us. Make sure we have enough time to get to the airport, if we need any snacks, if we need any um water or um activities for the children. I'm making sure that when we're in the well, in the airplane that we have all of our activities with kids when we are flying, taking off, as well as landing, probably using a pacifier or feeding the child at, at during that time to help to reduce ear pressure so that they're not having so much pain as well.
0: All right. That's good. A lot of people don't think about when you're flying the ear pain, especially mm-hmm. for a child, that can be very upsetting. That's True. why you see a lot of um, upset children on flights is because of that, yes. you know, deregulation and pressure. So that's a good tip. Um, How about holiday shopping? Um, Should we bring our children with us to these crowded stores when we go out to grab those presents this year? If you feel that you can
1: control the crowds, the masses, Mm -hmm. as well as your child touching, grabbing, licking things. (laughs) (laughs) If you feel that you can control it, then that's perfectly fine. However, children might be a distraction during those um, holiday shopping seasons. So if we can leave the children at home with a loved one so that we can focus to get into the stores and get out. Sounds
0: good. So kind of along the same lines, an elderly family member we might be visiting might be immunocompromised. Mm -hmm. Um, What uh, suggestions do you have for keeping that particular family member safe and healthy, especially if you have kids with you?
1: So, making sure that before we get to our family member's home, let's just make sure that we're not having any runny nose, nasal congestion. We're listening as the child is sleeping at night for any congestion or snoring. We're also checking to see that they don't have any um, conjunctivitis or pink eye, eye drainage. That they're not running any fever. At the first signs of any of the, the symptoms, making sure that the child gets evaluated and then started on their treatment. Promptly, typically with antibiotics, um, it can we start to improve our symptoms within 24 to 48 hours. So at least once we start with our treatment, we can now be safe and comfortable going to to see our loved ones.
0: Okay. Now let's move on to another topic that leads to many children having a less than happy holiday season: unsafe toys. According to the most recent statistics, 198,000 children under the age of 14 suffered from toy-related injuries in 2020, and 10 children unfortunately perished from those injuries. Most of these incidents were related to asphyxia or a lack of oxygen to the body, typically caused by choking. Dr. Iguabadia, are there any common toy-related incidents you've seen in your experience as a pediatrician?
1: Not so far in my experience as a pediatrician, but we always want to make sure that when we're buying toys, these are age-appropriate toys, perfect for their growth and development. So... um, For example, Legos are meant for children a little bit older, maybe three or four years of age. They have different types of sizes of the toys or the Lego pieces. So the younger the child, the bigger the pieces. The older the child, the smaller the pieces, because an older child wouldn't typically put the pieces in their mouth to cause any type of um, choking hazards. So making sure that we're buying age-appropriate toys for all of our children.
0: Right. Right. And uh, some of the common uh, dangerous toys, uh, according to the ER pediatricians that were uh, interviewed by uh, Today magazine, Mm -hmm. um, are water beads, which are uh, beads that you put into water and they expand um, any toy with button or coin batteries, Mm -hmm. toys with magnets or magnetized sets. um, And then for other reasons, e-scooters and hoverboards, obviously those are kind of... Because they fall over. Right, right. And uh, trampolines. And um, also something that people might not think about is any knockoff toys. So those uh, knockoff toys that might come from um, disreputable sources that haven't had to go through safety standards, those might have pieces that break off easily <laughs> or pieces that aren't completely put together in a way that you know are not going to come apart. And the child might ingest it for one reason or another. Yes, sir. Um, are there... um Any good rules other than, you know, make sure that your toy is age appropriate um, to follow when buying their child a new toy for Christmas?
1: checking to see how the toy works and operates. So although the child is uh, meant to play with the toy, but the parent or the um, gift giver should also check and see how can I work this toy? How can I play with this toy? Is it going to be easy for the the, um, child to play with and operate? If it seems like it's going to be a bit difficult, um, if it's a remote control car and the buttons seem to be difficult to um, maneuver, maybe this particular brand should not be purchased and look for a different type of brand.
0: All right. Makes sense. Um, Are there any toys that you would suggest as a pediatrician for children to get um, or for parents uh, to give to their children um, that are enriching in some way?
1: So... Definitely books, read-along books, um, toys that help with their imagination, such like as a cooking set or a kitchen set. Um, We always talk about cars. We always talk about building blocks or stacking blocks um, in pediatrics. So just different toys that help with their gross motor as well as occupational um, therapy and physical therapy.
0: So when you say gross motor and occupational therapy, could you define those for me?
1: Sure. So fine motor skills, um, using their fingers and thumbs um, to operate small, well, not small toys to put into their mouths, but small cubes or um, shapes, um, different uh, toys that have shapes uh, for it. Uh, gross motor. So there are some push toys. There's one that looks like a vacuum cleaner or um, a sweep Dust, dust, and broom set, and then there is um, like a kitchen set that you have to make-believe play. That I'm cooking something, making eggs. I'm making something to drink, and then they also learn how to do different types of chores in the home.
0: Absolutely, those are those are good tips. I want to thank you, Dr. Iguabadia, for coming on the podcast with me today, and thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today and every day since we started hashtag Houston Healthcast. This is the last episode of the year. But we already have so many exciting new episodes coming up, including our next podcast on anti obesity medications like Ozempic, Manjaro, Wigovi. We hear a lot about them in the news, how they're changing the healthcare landscape around the world and at home here in Houston County. Um, if you would like to learn more about our pediatrics here at Houston Healthcare, you can visit our website at hhc.org forward slash services forward slash pediatrics. That link is going to be in the description below. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We post here before anywhere else and hit that notification bell so you never miss an episode. If you prefer your podcast experience on another channel, we have it. You can find links to your podcast medium of choice in the description. Dr. Iguabadia, are there any last thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: I wish everyone a happy and
0: healthy Christmas season. Absolutely. Great way to send it off. Thank you again. Happy holidays. And remember to stay hashtag Austin Health.